Hip-hop is a culture built on people, built on places. And every city has a rapper, but every city needs a song to be like a welcome mat, to make you feel like you know what you're walking into. You know the kind of atmosphere you'll see, the kind of people that you'll meet, the kind of sounds that you would hear when you go there. One song that Atlanta has is by Jermaine Dupri and Ludacris, and was released in the summer of 2002. It's called Welcome to Atlanta. This is the Something to Say podcast. Whose idea do you think that was for the double decker bus? Like, why the double decker bus? Has there ever been double decker buses in Atlanta? I've never seen one. I've never seen one. No, neither have I. So, <laughs> it's a work of fiction. So, that's funny because the double decker bus isn't something that you see in Atlanta. And when the bus moves in the opening scene, you see Ludacris and Jermaine Dupri wearing Thrasher uh, hockey yeah. jerseys, which is not an Atlanta thing anymore either. So, but I think that's very, I feel like that's very Atlanta though. It lets you know what time frame it <laughs> what was. Time frame it it was, represents yeah. a year. Cause I think they left in what? The Thrashers. Uh, I mean, the Thrashers had a, a very question. short life here. It, Let's yeah, it put it that way. Yeah, it didn't last long. They didn't get the kind of yeah. support that Atlanta United gets. The, the Atlanta Thrashers was our only hockey team. I went to one game. And? I don't remember. I was young. <laughs> there was drunk white people. That's all I recall. 100%. Just like a lot of beer. And they were very uh, enthused. Mm. I'll say that. Okay. But uh, back to the song. Do you remember the first time you heard it, Ja? <sighs> I don't remember the exact first time. But because of what was happening in life at that time. Like I was living in Decatur. I was still in college. And I was actually living with, before we got on air, we were talking about my homeboy's birthday, who I was with last night. They, I was, we were living together in Decatur. And it had to have been probably Rap City, I feel like. I, mean, I might have heard it on the internet, like on one of like the hip hop blogs before that. But I feel like seeing the video might have been my first time hearing the song. I'd never been a radio listener. Mm. So I, I, I don't think I was probably heard it on the radio the first time. But... I, I remember the first time hearing that beat and I was like, oh, this is kind of hard. <laughs> like it wasn't a, it wasn't specifically an Atlanta sound, but it sounded like something that it sounded welcoming. It sounded like a place or something you want to hear when your Delta flight touches the runway of Hartsfield. Like oh I want to hear this beat. Oh, yeah. excellent foreshadowing for the ludicrous cutout that would initially greet you and remind you to check out uh, Chicken and Beer Restaurant yeah. over at Concourse D, which yeah, is the Con International Concourse. Concourse D has, shout out to Concourse D. Concourse <laughs> D has all the food. Like, be, <laughs> when I go to Hartsfield, I'll be hoping that my flight is gonna be in Concourse D just so I can get a look at what's going on in those <laughs> restaurants. I need that. Real talk. That's incredible, thinking about how Ludacris is a cutout now. Like, that's how famous he is, mm -hmm. to be that famous. Because at this point, when Welcome to Atlanta came out, how big was Ludacris in Atlanta? Or just, like, worldwide? I feel like this was, it was still, I feel like he was a, 
rising star. I mean, what's your fantasy? Uh, what's your fantasy? You already done well. Oh my god. Um, he was starting to make those rounds. I I feel like uh, wasn't didn't Chicken and Beer come out this same year, or the year, was it the year after? Not. I'm not sure about that one. But yeah. But I feel like I feel like Luda was like on his way up. He had what's your fantasy? He had throw them bows. Like there was records that people knew that, you know, I don't think it was a I don't think it was a surprise. I think people were excited. Like, okay, we got another one. Yeah, no. JD could have took anybody on that double decker bus with him as the rapper. You know, he could have picked somebody from So So Def. He could have had maybe like the Brat, even though she's not from Atlanta, like She was on the double decker bus tour. She was on the tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess you needed somebody in Atlanta, and the fact that Ludacris was on the rise, it just made perfect sense. His verse is very like, it feels like Atlanta. Yeah. Like he has this attitude about him, he has this energy about him. And I feel like if I'm coming to the city somewhere where we're turning up, like, I think I could run into somebody like Ludacris. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Welcome to Atlanta was the first time that I, like, kind of became, like, hip to the city like that. Like, I certainly knew of like hip hop acts coming from the area, but I never really thought of Atlanta as like an appealing destination. It certainly helped that like Ludacris was basically doing all the songs that were really naughty to rap on the back of the bus. Like when we heard like, what's your fantasy? We're like, ooh, this is the best song. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? We were so excited. He nasty. (laughs) Him nasty. (laughs) Right, we were so excited. Um, So I definitely remember him being like a rising superstar. And I just remember being transfixed by the tour, even though like I didn't understand any of it and I was too young to go clubbing to any one of the places. I wasn't gonna go see Frank Ski or Kaya because I can't get in. I can't go to, what do you say? One Tweezy? No, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I wasn't there old was, enough there to get no in there There was no One Tweezy for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still intrigued by the whole notion. It's like, huh, that's cute. It's tourism that worked for me anyway, as a teen. Well, it's funny when you think about this song because the song is like a huge hit record, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, literally it's saying welcome to Atlanta, which wow. is like, you know, Southern hospitality. You know, come down here, have a good time, enjoy yourself. We have this food, we have this weather, we have these things to do. There's these lemon pepper wings, there's these strip clubs, et cetera, et cetera. And it's funny that when you look back at it now in 2019, where I don't know if anybody would make a welcome to Atlanta song now not because Atlanta isn't a good place to be but I feel like with the way the city is changing so much it's kind of like keep your ass out of Atlanta (laughs) and go the other way you know what I'm saying like not that it's not a you know it might not even be that deep but it just makes me think about the song in like a historical context of what how people felt at the time of yeah, recognize us. Like, come down here and see what it's all about. To now, it's like, all right, there's enough of y'all down here. Y'all are fucking it up, please. Do you remember um, the walk, uh, the new Atlanta remix? It was like Jermaine Dupri, but also like Migos, Rich Homie Quan, and Young Thug. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I do. Why don't I remember this? It came out with like the VH1 documentary, like ATL. Like it plays during the film. Okay. Yeah. But like JD had this whole resurgence at one time, like when he was trying to come up with all the new kids. Mm-hmm. So that was like a major remix that happened. That was like ah, yeah. trying to bring that energy back. Yeah, and the and to your point, uh, Ja, the reason why is because like yeah, like in the original Welcome to Atlanta, you know, like Jermaine Dupri basically presents us like 
his agenda of like club going. He's like, listen, on Monday we're going to go here, Tuesday here, mm-hmm. Wednesday here, so on and so forth, right? And it's like a nightlife calendar, like crystallized in time. Whereas like the new Atlanta remix is like, we're trapping. <laughs> There's <laughs> lots of drugs down here. You want some drugs? <laughs> I got these drugs. Got these pills for you. <laughs> Fun, right? It's yeah, like good a place. Time. It's good, good time. Sounds like a place but you want to go to. But they so young that it seems like, oh, okay, cool. okay, cool, right. traveling. So that's We're what the, the kids are into, huh? Diamonds, ice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, every I, single bigo. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that I think Welcome to Atlanta came out peak Freaknik. That time frame of how people were coming to Atlanta to party. So to have this song, you picked like that cherry on top of. If you guys are gonna come here anywhere, we might as well welcome you with open arms. Now we don't really have that thing that people are like coming here. I think people are coming here to rap, or people are coming yeah, here people to come in to change their life, to change their life, right? Else. Some yeah. people are coming to trap, so it made sense. It's just like I think what draws people here has changed tremendously, mm. and to welcome them. It's so many different aspects of that welcoming now. It's not just a party. It's not just to go to a strip club. Like you might buy a strip club now. Yeah, so it's hard to welcome you to the neighborhood. <laughs> and I guess now the <laughs> welcome, those intentions. Well, I guess the welcome now would be like corporations. Oh my god. Oh. Like, wow. Yeah, like Amazon. Like, <gasps> like Amazon. Like the Super welcome Bowl. To- like you know. Wow, that's a great. You know, now, now it's like the the film industry. Like come down here and spend your money and make some money for the city and do something that's going to put dollars in the pockets of people who live here. Got to say, that doesn't sound like it knocks at all. No, that doesn't slap. That, that, that doesn't does necessarily not slap. slap. But yeah, it did already happen. happen. It did already happen because I guess ahead of the previous Super Bowl season, you have Jermaine Dupree and Ludacris remixing Welcome to Atlanta, specifically for the Atlanta Falcons. And right. so even though the Falcons weren't likely to make the Super Bowl, it was all kind of to gear people up for the inevitable trip to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, mm-hmm. right? I remember people feeling really hyped for that, and I was like, this is just a commercial. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not a sports fan, in case you couldn't tell. But uh, that's how I felt about it. Do you think that, what do you think, is there anything even remotely close to an Atlanta anthem? Is there anything before before this song, like what was the Atlanta anthem, you think? Before Welcome to Atlanta, what was the Atlanta anthem? Like, Do you think there was a song that was known nationally enough that was, even Mm -hmm. if it didn't have Atlanta in the title of the song, it was so connected to the city that people knew prior to this? Rosa Parks. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was. I would say that's that would probably. probably be, yeah, that, that probably might be the closest one. I can't. I don't know that I could think of another song that was as commercially as successful as that. That was tied so much to the city. Right. Maybe yeah. so fresh, so clean. Nah, not on that same level. Maybe. I don't think so. But like, yeah. I mean, we know. I know those songs as like songs coming out of Atlanta. I don't right. know if I necessarily think of them as like Atlanta anthems as like a, I think like a Georgia, like Ray Charles or something. I okay. guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, something like that. But like in, in regards to Atlanta specifically, I don't know. Yeah. I guess the Bankhead Bounce would have been considered too regional. Although I guess, you know. Yeah. True. But, but certainly not to the same extent. Not, yeah. Not to the same like extent. Like my mom right. knows Welcome to Atlanta. Yeah, right, and, and, yeah, and, and that's the that was always the interesting part of, to me was that like Welcome to Atlanta was such a hit, and 
it was really a hit with like white suburban people because they were on the double decker bus. <laughs> they were on the bus with them. That I guess that's what it was. It yeah, felt weird that there was really no black people on the bus. Like <laughs> it's like why aren't we visiting too? Oh, no. <laughs> Do we all just live here? <laughs> we don't want to come for the black people in Minnesota. Don't want to come down to Atlanta. <laughs> see what Atlanta's like. Are there some black people in Nebraska who want to see <laughs> other black people because they never see black people who would like to come <laughs> to Atlanta? Where are they where, at? Where are they at? Representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine, you let us down. Yeah. Man. But this was during an era of like old senior citizens and music videos, right? Yeah, that, that was, was a thing. thing. Yeah, that was definitely a thing. Yeah, put old people in there. It'll make it funny. Yeah, like, yeah hit Thug Life across her stomach. It's gonna look right, great. Yeah. And give her a grill. Can we can we retire that whole trope trope of like just old people in videos? Unless I think a, we should now. Not, not not a, not in an ageist way. Like real old people can like be old people where it, they need to be like old people. Yeah. But I've like, been trapping since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But just randomly throwing old people in rap videos. Like I think we've done enough of that. Right, like, right. I walked through five miles of snow to trap out of here. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. A thousand percent. Let's put it away. Yeah, yeah. I think we can shelve that one like for ever. Huh. I was asking Christina before you got here. Do you see a lot of videos where they have like these club scenes anymore? Because Welcome to Atlanta has like this very vibrant club scene. You got all the people in there. They look like they're having a great time. And I don't know why I feel like I haven't seen that scene in a video lately. Like a club moment. Like a real Ooh. club moment. Yeah, I, I can't. Like, yeah. You feel like millennials are killing clubs? Yes. Okay. I mean, because we're just on our phone. We're not really there. You just walked in. Well, to be honest like, with you, I don't even think it's just. I, I mean, I think millennial. I think the the culture, the techno, the technological culture, social media culture that has become popular in millennial stages has probably helped kill the clubs. But it's grown ass people engaging in the millennial behavior that's killing the club. Because all these people in the club aren't twenty one and twenty two. Like, I mean, maybe some of the women are, but like, I feel like most of the people at the club, especially the men, are like. My age and older, or or in like in their mid thirties and forties, and like they're on Snapchat too, and the VIP. It's like, all right, come on, bro, like enough, <laughs> like stop this shit. Like, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I can't tell you the last video that I've seen that had like a classic, mm-hmm. like club club oh, scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I mean, like, people aren't going to the club the same way they used to now. They are not. Like that's not necessarily where the party is. See where the party at? They couldn't make that song now. Parties at home. Well, the, well, also the parties at the strip club. True. I mean, not that it wasn't before, but it's like now I'd probably rather go to Follies or somewhere else before I go to Compound. Mm. Big mm-hmm. difference. And we do know the strip clubs get represented. Pretty, and people are actually dancing. Yeah. I mean, they're paying for it. I mean, they're paying for it, but I mean, a dance is a dance, part, man. Part of the job. That's, that's, just, that's just how it goes, man. It's kind of like paying for a movie, you know, like a really expensive movie. A show. At least there's, yes, there's guaranteed em- entertainment value. Right. Absolutely. Very true. <laughs> you're that's like, just, I can't I argue with you. I never thought about the guaranteed entertainment value of a strip club, but you're right. It's like going to the movies. <laughs> yes, exactly. The only the only song I can think of, fun, yo, when you ask that question was like a Camila Cabello song. It was actually called Crying in the Club. And the funny thing is she's not at the club. She's like in a ball gown and she's like crying and she's like flailing, but she's not in the club. And I feel like that's the general attitude. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that that's like the first thing I thought of. I was like trying to think of a club scene 
Well, you know, you you mentioned uh, Camila Cabello. Isn't she? Uh, isn't her song with Young Thug? Oh, it's Havana. Yeah, Havana, Havana, and they talk about East Atlanta. That's true. I mean, they're in like a Latin lounge or whatever. It's more like Miami, kind of. You imagine, but it's it was not- funny to me how that lyric, that lyric stuck. I know. <laughs> like specifically East Atlanta. Like, what do you think you're doing over here? <laughs> Interesting. Like, I, have, you think she's ever been to East Atlanta? No. No. Like, not even driven through Never. in a no. sprinter. <laughs> like, not even for like an hour. <laughs> she looks at the map. It's far from the airport. I this isn't really, this wasn't really near anything like, else. How do you just actually come to East Atlanta? You don't. Yeah, you, do. yeah, you don't. don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I'm not a believer. But again, it just it speaks to how Atlanta became so big. It's almost like a reference point. Designer said he had bras in Atlanta. He's never been here. Or yeah. At the time when he said that, he had never he been did, here. Yeah. And then, like, he could have said it anywhere. I got bras in Florida. I got bras right. in San Antonio. But Atlanta just sounded like. Oh, that's okay. where they are. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, where the that's, where, that's where the bras are. If I had to have some bras, <laughs> they would definitely be in Atlanta. Burman hands all the time. Burman <laughs> over the whole time. Like. <laughs> But you know, also I I guess that's also with this song is kind of like, again, not that Atlanta didn't have a lot of culture prior to this song coming out, but when you talk about the dominance of the music in the commercial space, like this is kind of those big. I guess the part of the revolution of like the South and taking mm-hmm. over hip hop in a way that was like, like you said, it's Jermaine Dupri, which had. He been had hits. Mm-hmm. Then you have the new guy with Ludacris, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just have this time where I mean he could have put a lot of people on that record, and it probably still would have worked. Yeah, like he could have put Ti on that song. He could have put CeeLo Green on that song. He appears in the video, right? With Tiny. Yeah. Yep. Okay. CeeLo, right. You're right. CeeLo would have been an odd choice, but I see the vision. I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's just one of those things where there were so many Atlanta artists that were... Yeah, you had options. Uh, you had options, I guess is what I'm wow, saying. Wow, they could have yeah. outcast. Yeah, they could have still a whole outcast. Like, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that, that they didn't remix it with more Atlanta artists. They just went to other cities. Other cities to do those, it right. yeah. Which was a, a nice touch, but they really could have kept it home base. I feel like that with all those options... Plus, it's hard. Like when the original song is called "Welcome to Atlanta" and the whole thing is about Atlanta, I don't know that you can like you can't go and make that same song about New York and it'd be the same song and like make the same song about. But it's California. supposed to be for New Yorkers. They're supposed to feel like, oh yeah, you speaking to me. Yeah, like New York has had enough already, right? right stop beating on them, Ja. I'm just, say- I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. God bless everybody. I'm right. Just, I'm just saying. But yeah, yeah. I feel like Ludacris represents something here. Kind of going back to what I was saying before. But like I feel like if I feel like if Outcast represents like the coming of like an Atlanta hip hop scene, then like Ludacris sort of cemented like the mainstream value, I suppose. Like when I think of Ludacris, there's like a super there's like a certain type of superstardom that I associate with him. Mm-hmm. Cuz I feel like it's only really Ludacris, who could have done like the Fast and the Furious movies, does that make sense? Like, yeah, there's, there's something about his star appeal that I can't quite articulate right now. Yeah, no, I think I think it was a pretty. I think Ludacris was an original product. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't look at Ludacris as a. I mean, yeah, obviously you can be inspired by whatever, but as a package of Ludacris, the artist and the music, I definitely feel like yeah, his superstardom was 
something else. And I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like part of it comes from just the fact that he was a radio personality prior, right. and it's like knowing how to present. And you know, you you kind of have to be a character to be on radio to some extent. And I mean, clearly he was that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that there's. It makes sense to me that he got to Hollywood before Ti. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it does. It makes complete sense. Ludo's he's always had that personality. Yeah. Like the personality has always shown through his music, through his music videos, through everything that he did. So that guy is going to be a star, you know, and it's going to appeal to a lot of people. And it doesn't stop at music, so it makes complete sense. Fast and Furious, though, as a franchise, I don't know if I saw that coming. Like, I don't know if I associate Ludacris with cars, but <laughs> Hustle and Flow was to me like, this oh is, yeah, 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 this is it. Oh he's, my he's in god, character. miss me, nigga? I don't even fuck this nigga, man. So wait, 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 wait. You, you trying to say I can't cut it no more? Like, I ain't the shit? That's what you trying to tell me? Nigga, I ain't saying nothing like that, man. Then what the fuck is you saying? Huh? What is you saying then? You're right. And, and he didn't even have to. That was one of those roles where he wasn't a whole movie. Mm-mm. It was really just, he was kind of like the, in a way, the, from how the movie turned out, I guess he kind of was like the the villain. Yeah. Like he was like yes. the, the Thanos of Hustle and Flow. Yes. And it was kind of building up to this whole time. Terrence Howard is telling us about Skinny Man. My man Skinny Man. Hey, man. When I get to my homeboy Skinny Man, hey, we going <laughs> to get to Skinny. And it was like Skinny, 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 Skinny. And then we finally see Skinny and it's Luda. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, okay. All right, let's see what we got here. But the way they played that whole thing, you know, he did a great job in that movie. Like, just an excellent job. Being drunk and being like, fuck your taste, <laughs> fuck your dreams. I'm not. <laughs> like, that was. That, that seemed very accurate to me. I was like, okay, yeah. And he's playing a rapper, but he's not playing himself. Yeah, and you I know. think that's what you don't see a lot, right? Like, a lot of rappers, when you play a rapper, you're playing you. It's dope that he played a rapper that wasn't him exactly right like i would like to actually i would like to see more of that me too like if a rapper is going to take a movie role and be a rapper then like bring something to it a different style a different, different style a different personality or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah. that i can recognize you get this you understand what this role mm-hmm. is supposed to be but you added a twist to it that is separate from yourself right i would love to see that yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. two chances are in him i, I can see that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I don't know how much interest he has in acting, but I would like to see him in a movie. I feel like you can make him the retired basketball player that rapped. Mm-hmm. Like just all his lives mm-hmm. in one thing, and but give him then a thing to do. make him somebody else. Same concept, just make him somebody else. I would like to, I would ha- well, it's like this is sad. I would have liked to see two chains. Now that we're talking about this, I would like to see him in a John Singleton movie. Yes. No. God. Like the oh. way the same in the same way that John Singleton took like Ice Cube and Busta Rhymes mm-hmm. for higher learning, I would like to see two chains in, in in a situation like that, like in a movie like that that's just grounded on Earth. He's a regular person, but he's two chains. John Singleton would have shot the best Black Eula with two chains. Oh man, that would have been. Amazing! Oh man, that's what we just—that's what we just lost, guys. I just want rest in peace, John Singleton. Rest in peace to John. Wow, 
Who's going to pick up the torch? That's it. That's the answer. And that's the question that I got. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I feel like it's whoever it is, it's probably going to be somebody who we don't even know. Mm-hmm. 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 Left field. Yeah. Someone, yeah. It'll, it'll be someone that comes out of left field like how Ryan Coogler did. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, oh right. shit, it was Ryan Coogler. Like, what is like Fruitvale State? Oh shit, this is a good ass movie. Like, yeah, oh this guy's all right at this. <laughs> like, like, I kind of <laughs> just wish he had another like debut because I can't watch that movie again. Yeah, I've only seen it once. It's emotionally jarring. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, no, good it was, movie. No, it's, a, it's an amazing movie, and yeah, I saw it once in the theater in the middle of the day, like a matinee. Are you wild? <laughs> I saw a movie. It was like a, it was like a two o'clock showing. And me and this white woman, like two, three seats down, just sat there and just wept like the last <laughs> 30 minutes of that fucking movie. I was like, no, I walked out of there, like, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> like, why like, that you, was an amazing movie. Why the fuck did I just did do that to do myself? That to yourself? Oh, man. It is an amazing movie, but yeah, yeah. I can't do it again. Yeah, nah. Um, yeah, I think Luda and, and Welcome to Atlanta really just showcase his versatility as this this guy that has his personality he can rap he got bars like mm-hmm. he's this whole package of an artist coming up and i'm just not surprised that his star blew up the way it did yeah no not at all yeah not at all while w- we're on the subject of movies and atlanta though should we touch on atl as in you know Oh, the, 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 the seminal coming of age story. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Based in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Uh, um, I was excited when when I first saw the trailer for ATL. I was excited just for the concept, to, to the idea that it was like, okay, this looks cool. It has, it had that coming of age feeling. It had that Sandlot. Uh, wow! Yes, Goonies type of like these kids are like running around in the city, living their kid life, and still <laughs> like some real shit happens in the midst of that where they have to grow up. Like right. it had that feeling to me, so I'm like okay, this could be cool. Inkwell too, it kind of had like an Inkwell kind of thing for it, but I got I, I didn't know that it was gonna be as significant as it ended up being. Mm. Like it could have been a cool movie that people saw and enjoyed or whatever, but I felt like because of that movie coming out at the same time when T.I. was building this musical momentum and to have the King album and this movie coming out at the same time, I was it was it just felt special. It felt like and T.I.'s had a few moments when you go back and really look at it with like album releases and like big uh big like flagpole i guess i would call like tentpole hip-hop moments with album yeah, releases yeah, yeah. but i feel like this is probably like the height of his career Ooh. to yeah. me as far as like just his general presence and hitting on all cylinders because mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. that's a really hard thing to pull off getting a good album out and having a good movie and out. having a good movie yeah i could never i could never yeah and it was a and he was just on jamel hill's podcast kind of touching on because she asked him about the movie and he was talking about i guess him having to live in two worlds and kind of readjust his <laughs> behavior and perspective on things <laughs> because you know for any, for those who don't know, like Ti got almost fired from this movie like a, a couple times. Oh, he almost he, he almost either quit or got fired several times for being late and just not generally being you know all the way prepared. He said, I think he said the first day he pulled up the set, he pulled he just bought a Rolls Royce and he said he was like pulled up to the ro- to the set 
blowing weed smoke out the sunroof oh and just God. like hopped out like as a rapper guy and it's like this is a movie set what nobody nobody cares about you being a rapper guy whoever you are over there it doesn't even matter because on this movie set like you have to be an there, actor there's, there's call time sir yes call i mean this movie this 300 people mm-hmm. who work here it's not just like you getting on stage and doing your one thing for the people in the crowd like Man. everybody's job you're the lead actor in this movie like if you're not the one who is right then you're probably not gonna be working here yeah yeah, yeah. crazy yeah because i can't imagine the movie anybody else has the lead yeah, I can't imagine what would have happened if it wasn't him. It couldn't have been nobody else but him. Even though T.I. playing a high schooler was kind of a reach, everything else about his like demeanor, his attitude, the the vibe he brought to the film was so Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, and they placed him with co-stars that helped amplify that feeling of coming of age, yeah. of being young, and being from here. Yeah, it was amazingly casted. Amazingly casted. <laughs> like, I don't know who like, the casting director was for that movie, but they hit the nail on the head with that one. Just across the board and then you got to think about how similar to welcome to atlanta that featured Ludacris and jermaine Dupri, we had big boy and ti mm-hmm. and killer mike yeah yeah and killer mike, and killer mike yep. so to kind of have that rap more than just one rapper to kind of have that there and you know big boy kind of played himself but as like a villain like a yeah villain. more yeah. sinister the tethered version of the himself tethered version yeah of big boy yeah, yeah, yeah. you know not daddy fat sex like right yeah. like no like dr robotnik version <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah i almost thought of daddy fat stacks daddy fat stacks yeah like yeah, yeah overweight yeah. villain <laughs> like the like kingpin daddy fat. yeah he's yeah. like seven feet tall and like 300 feet wide and you can't do shit to him yeah right 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 yo what did you think of the roller skating that was depicted in the movie that was my entire life like that aspect of because my parents on the skating rink that's not cascade but just having a roller skating film increases this desire to skate and we had it with roll bounce which was before mm-hmm. it like was a before. couple mm-hmm. years before so when they brought the skating aspect to that film it once again kind of reinvigorated people's desire to skate so we had a busy busy summer that year and i just remember everyone would come to the you know the skate rental spot where I worked at, and they would be like, "No ticket, no skate," <laughs> and they would just say that to us every time, and they'll just be cheesing like, <laughs> like just "Give us your ticket, just come on, give us the ticket." Yeah, but yeah, like it was. I feel like it was extremely accurate as far as just like the feeling of skating in Atlanta. It does feel like a thing. You know, uh, we got a bunch of rinks, but as far as like Cascade on Sunday is like a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people arriving like my parents skate zone. Our night is Wednesday night. Like that was where you showed up to Wednesday, six to ten. It was only a dollar to get in. So people would just come and not buy skates or not do skate room. They'll just like be there hanging out because so many people would come. Yeah. And like I said, I just remember that summer being so full of people because of the movie. Everyone wanted to learn to skate. Uh, a guy that works through with my parents, uh, Bill Butler, he taught T.I. and them how to skate for the movie. Oh, so okay. he skates with us and he teaches skate lessons out of skate zone. So a lot of people know him through that as well. That's dope. Yeah, very cool. He did, because yeah, T.I. did mention, he didn't mention him by name, but he did mention like he had to like 
go to skate training. Yeah. Because he was talking about, like, I'm trying to record this album and promote this album, and I got to leave from interviews and go learn to roller skate, and then got to come back. So like, yeah, he was like, like the, the humbling of, like, like being interviewed. just put hydraulics on it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just push me along. <laughs> Isn't there a stuntman that you can CGI right. my face on? And, he looks like me. He got the same color ankle as mine. Just shoot my ankle. <laughs> just shoot my ankle. Just shoot the that's ankle. all you really need. Right. Why you need a full it. body <laughs> roll around? You know, I never thought about that. That's dope, though, that the movie had that much impact that it was actually, it was an economic impact yes. for people that owned roller skating rinks. 100%. Like, I never I never even considered that as a byproduct of a movie like that. My dad jokes around that I need to write a skate movie so business can be <laughs> So it can be, hey, listen. Yeah, like, when you gonna write that movie? I, Hey, listen. Fair what? point, actually. Yeah, I like, think it's no, a very valid point. Yeah, I think it's a very, very valid point. <laughs> I know you were saying that in order for us to come to your defense. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, he's right. What yeah, are you doing? Where's, where's the film? We're where's riding with pops. We're absolutely riding with pops on this one. For sure. For sure. Do you guys believe that because of ATL being like a global thing? Because it. It transcended just being an Atlanta movie. Oh yeah, it was like people come from out of state and quote Atlanta. Yeah, I mean Waffle House. New New is a thing, universally. Like New New is a whole thing. True, and I'm sure there's women who are still right, even little girls right now who are still probably there's probably Instagram captions right now of people calling themselves New New. Man, and that scene when he snatches the necklace. That's his necklace back. That's the, like the, a, the, 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 like iconic the, meme. A t- oh. Yeah, a, t- a top five, ten t- a Twitter gift meme. That the betrayal. Time. Never, yeah, the oh. betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lauren London's an icon. A huge icon. <laughs> like like that, she's a whole G just for that playing that role. Right. See, it's funny how quotable the movie is too. Like ATL is like a really good rap album. Where yeah. it's just riddled with quotes. Like, I had a friend send me a picture of a Picasso, and I was like, you got a Picasso in your house? You got a Picasso? And I don't know if he got it. Yeah, that might have flown. Yeah. Just the fact that that has stuck with me all this time, waiting for this moment for someone to have a Picasso mm-hmm. in their house. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite scenes in ATL is uh, a T.I. and his uncle and his little brother sitting at the table. And he talking about I got some cutty last night. Yo, that shit. It was like there weren't many, there weren't many like warm and tender moments in ATL. At but they got that one off to where it was just like, you know, three black men, three generations of black men, an uncle and yeah. a nephew and a little brother, and they're just having a good time at yeah. a dinner table. Like that was it's it a was cool like eating cereal. Yeah, he was here in the morning. morning. Everybody's happy and smiling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got a little extra bounce in his step. Like, yeah, uh huh. She's so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a great scene. I love that. That's what, definitely one of my favorite scenes in that whole movie. Facts. I want to watch a TV show of that. Of oh, yeah. Very oh, absolutely. Family matter moments. Yeah. That's oh just God. a little bit more mature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? Because I think that's the thing, like, Atlanta takes like the second act takes such a dark turn. Yeah, that, it gets yeah. yeah. The thing yeah. with Big Boy kind of introduces a different element. A when, completely different element, you know. Uh with 
obviously selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Then you got new new lying, right? Which is still kind of weird because she, she could have just bought us all skates. We would have been straight, and it wouldn't even matter. Like, have been, been a okay. thing. Yeah. She been balling us out. Like anyway, uh, then the shooting, mm-hmm. the big rube a poem. Yeah, After, that was a great touch. It was a wonderful touch, and very Atlanta. You know. And that's the thing. I would like that they did stuff like that. That if you're like an Outcast fan, or then you might know. But that probably went over a lot of people's heads, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like as far as from the standpoint of like that, that's fan service. It's like, huh? Is that Langston Hughes? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is James Earl Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is this this uh, eloquent speaker? Kind of right. sounds like mm-hmm. the Lion King, you know. <laughs> I would be, they they definitely should have cast Big Rube in the new Lion King. Yo, Yo. I would all, I would totally a thousand percent yes. be for Scar taking she would tell each of your four's role Here's the thing. and being Big Rube. I think Rube. Big Rube would just narrate the entire movie and then therefore they would have to okay. go of uh, yeah, Childish okay. Gambino of Beyonce of John mm-hmm. Oliver of Seth Rogen and you know what I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm totally okay. okay. <laughs> what? That's Why is he not reading audio books? What is he doing? Yeah, he should definitely have a whole series of audio books and lectures. I want a big Rube TED Talk. I want him to be the spokesperson for Audible. Mmm, I like that. You like, you know when these podcasts get these Audible sponsorships, but it's it's Big Rube. Yeah, it's, big it's big, Rube yeah. reads the whole mm-hmm. thing. I'll listen to that. Right. I'm here for it. I like Big Rube to be my GPS. Yeah, oh. I think that would. Be, I think a big room GPS would definitely. I'd sign up. I'll be he, on time. He will guide mm. you to the light and your destiny. And yeah, 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 and give you some insight into how you can be a better, more wise person along the way. Yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> He's missing out on a lot of money. Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, big room. Yeah, you got the next six months of your life mapped we're, out. We're gonna, we're gonna have it figured out for you, dog. <laughs> we clearly have the answers. Well, listen. This has been. Such a wonderful nostalgia trip through all things Atlanta. Um, if you want more of such nostalgia trips, of course, you can subscribe to the Something to Say podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more bonus content, you can also become a pa- a patron, a Patreon, a Patreon supporter. Yes, there you go. There we go. Why not? Patreon.com slash something to say. This podcast is produced by Michael Saba out here in the SWATs. Not too far from Cascade, actually. Not very far at all. Or we're welcome to Atlanta stops. Yeah. They should have I wonder if they tried to get a top of a Marta bus and Marta just wasn't having it. Yo, that's my jaw crazy. just dropped. Because I mean, that's the only thing that would explain one, Marta would that. not have it. Yeah, I don't think Marta would have it. I think someone would hate on it. Just a because. big hell no. Yeah. But it would have been dope to see them right on top of a Marta bus. I would have graffitied a Marta bus so that instead of Marta, it said hater on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In Marta colors. In Marta though. colors. On t- yeah, 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 for sure. Petty. All right, anyway, we're out of here. <laughs>